This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program. Now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello. Welcome to the broadcast. It was... Summertime heat in Texas, Thursday evening, July 7th, 2016, downtown Dallas. This is not, this is not one person with a, this is a person with, a person with a big, human. Killing white people. He expressed killing white officers. He expressed anger for Black Lives Matter. That was Dal- that was Dallas Police Chief David Brown talking at the end of that clip. Now, what do we really know? We know that it was the deadliest day for U.S. police since 9-11. Think of that. We know that a black U.S. Army reservist who served in Afghan war said he wanted to kill white people. Then he did. We know the police killed the gunman 
identified by a U.S. government source as Mika Xavier Johnson, using a bomb-carrying robot after a standoff. We know, as we just heard from Chief Brown, he said he was upset about the recent police shootings, said he was upset at white people, said he wanted to kill white people, especially white officers. Twelve officers shot, five officers killed, seven officers injured, two citizens injured. He did what he came to do. He may have not done as much as he wanted to do, but he did what he came to do. And now we have the aftermath. The aftermath of some wanting to use this to bring us together. Some wanting us to use this to tear us farther apart. And some saying, you know, I know it was a bad thing, but. That evening after it was a little calmer, KDFW-TV reporter here in Dallas asked Chanda Higgins, an organizer with the Dallas Action Coalition, how his heart felt after the shootings. It's tragic, you know, um, when you talk about the loss of life, but, I mean, it, it's kind of got a an ironic twist to me um, here in Dallas, uh, particularly because the city of Dallas and the Dallas Police Department has been really successful about not talking about and not exposing their issues uh, like the ones we're seeing bubbling up across the country. And so for this to happen and for officers to be killed uh, during this is like a wake-up call that uh, something different needs to happen um, and people want to see justice people want to see reform people want to see police be held accountable when they when they feel like it's murder and you know he's not alone saying that he wants to have police held accountable because he believes they're not held accountable And then we had Mark Hughes, a man whose face was plastered all over social media and television because he was carrying his rifle at the protest. Now, I heard them call him a person of interest. They show a picture of Twitter, which I saw, but it said, this is one of our suspects. Please help us find him. And then it came to light that he didn't have anything to do with this. And they talked to him after he had talked to police. Uh, I, I, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Um, the crazy thing about it is, is that I was down here. I couldn't get to my vehicle because of the roadblock. And in hindsight, 2020, I could have easily been shot 
where were you when your picture was being plastered all over the country? Know. You didn't even know. I, I didn't know. I, we received the phone call that my uh, face was on there as a suspect, and immediately I flagged down a police officer. So while the country was looking for you, you were talking to police? I was talking to police, laughing and joking with police officers. Mark, have you talked to police since your picture was plastered? Have you spoken to them since then? Yeah, I, I just got out um, um, interrogation room for about 30 minutes. Um, were well, police officers lying, saying, saying that they had video of me um, shooting, shooting which is a lie. Saying that um, they have witnesses saying that I shot a gun, which is a lie. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's the system. The system was trying to get me. The system yeah, it, was trying to get me. Did you get an apology? No. That's, that's something we did. No. We asked them. We said, you know what? Now y'all have my face on national news. Are y'all going to come out and say that this young man had nothing to do with it? What's your concern now going forward? I mean, my, like my brother said, he's been getting death threats. I haven't even got on my social social media. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. All I know for at the end of the day is, is that I was in just, it was like just going on. It was, it was, it was persecution on me, uh, unrightly. And I feel that they need to do something about that. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm, uh, apology. I'm not satisfied with apology. I'm not satisfied with in the end. Okay. I'm not satisfied with an apology. What would satisfy you, Mark? What would satisfy you? I'm guessing cash. But does that make it better? I saw, uh, they were saying they wouldn't take it down. The police, uh, Dallas police wouldn't take it down from their Twitter account. But I looked and it certainly is down now. And I really don't remember them saying he was a suspect. I remember them saying he was a person of interest. I know it's a fine line. I got it. Because everyone assumes, and, and you know, not necessarily correctly, that uh, when police say that they, you are a person of interest or someone is a person of interest, uh, they're saying that to be, uh, you know, to be nice, but really you're a suspect. Uh, in this case, uh, it was true. He was a person of interest. I did not see the suspect part, but if it happened, horrible. And again, I got it. Person of interest means suspect. I got it. Now, not everyone reacted with such hate. Nikisha Shannon, a photographer in South Carolina, said she was horrified and wanted to support her local police. It's just a, it's just a smile story because her oldest son wants to be a police officer. So she baked them cookies, took them down there. They were a little shocked in South Carolina. They weren't quite sure how to take it. But she said, look, my five-year-old, ask him what he wants to be. He says he wants to be a police officer. I'm an African-American female, and the only thing I'm worried about is my son's safety. I want to teach my kids to be respectful and honorable in all they do. I don't want my son thinking if he sees a police officer, they're going to shoot him. She told her son, when asked what it means to protect and serve, I told him to think of others before themselves. Stop bullying, and they make sure... People follow the rules. 
when my son does become a police officer, he'll be one of the good ones. Now, there is, so there is some good that came of it. We heard some fascinating stories of some of the protesters. We saw protesters still protesting the police when the shooting was still going on and live in Dallas. And the police were trying to protect them. And yet they still protested the police. The police are marked now, it appears. Shootings all over the country. This started because of a police shooting. One of the things that happened out of Dallas that was a first, the police used a robot. We talk about robots all the time on this show and how close we are. And there's some more stories we try to get to today of a little bit closer we are to having them in our everyday life. Dallas police said we saw no other option. Dallas mayor said our option was to use the bomb to replace a device extension to detonate where the suspect was. Other options would have exposed our officers in grave danger. The mayor also said the suspect was killed by the device and disputed earlier reports that he may have shot himself. Now, they used this. They've done this before in the Iraq War. Um, It's something that uh, hasn't been done here in the U.S. in domestic policing. I'm very surprised that these protests don't have drones flying over with cameras and maybe even some sort of weapons. Sorry, shouldn't be there. I'm really surprised that has not happened yet. Because we have fake facts. Mayors, governors, senators spewing out things that aren't true. The mayor of Atlanta, I'm a black man. I know what it is to be a black man. But that doesn't mean you take your frustrations out on harming other people. Sounds good, right? Right. He's taking lessons from our illustrious leader, Barack Obama. Throw the bone. Then, light the fire. It does mean it's fine to make a demand for fairness and equal treatment of black citizens who are being disproportionately impacted in a particular manner that relates to the likelihood of a black person dying in an interaction with law enforcement. It's just not true. <laughs> it's, just, it's just not true, Mayor. And you know it. And you know it. When you look at the numbers of violent crimes, if you're a white person, and you are a victim of 
violent crime. 82, more than over 82% chance of that crime being done by a white person. If you are a black person, you have almost a 41% chance that the violent crime on you is being done by a black man or a black person. I don't want to leave the females out. If you are Hispanic, you have a 50% chance, almost a 51% chance. No, I'm sorry, a 41% chance that you are going to be a victim of a violent crime from a Hispanic. Those are the numbers. Those are the facts. Nobody wants to hear that. It's all feelings. It's all, I feel this. We're being ruled by feelings. I can't. We're supposed to understand their side. We've got to see their side. We've got to see how those people feel. The gays, the transgenders, the blacks, the Hispanics. It's how they feel. We have to understand their side. I'm tired. I'm tired of having to say I'm not a racist, not a bigot. Tired of it. It's being real, but I feel, I feel, I feel my side. How about feeling my side? I'm tired of having to say I'm not a racist. You know better. But by saying that, apparently I am. So when you hear blue lives matter, Black lives matter. All lives matter. Do they? Do they? This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home. Okay, it's, I mean, it's not going to sell your home, I mean, this, but it, you're going to take a big step toward getting it sold. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com and find an agent selected by my team, a professional who shares your values and speaks the truth. Sell your home fast and for the most money. Get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. Jeff Fisher Show returns on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride today. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. We have so much, so much more to get to today. I mean, it seems like uh, forever since uh, we last got together. Uh, We had the big 4th of July holiday broadcast. uh, And then uh, we were gone from the main show. And then uh, this was the first, you know, weekend back. It seems like, I mean, when we were last together, 
it was Brexit, right? And, of course, the U.K. has fallen completely into the sea now because they, oh, wait, they haven't? No? Everything's fine? Huh. Huh. And now we've had uh, we've had the big shooting in Dallas, which trumps everything. Ooh, did I say Trump? Uh, we've got a little Trump talk. Hillary, uh, FBI running. It's unbelievable what's happened. And yet... It all just seems like it's spinning out of control. It just may be. It just may be spinning out of control. But we'll be here for you. Warn us up. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. That it is. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffyMRA, Facebook Jeff Fisher Radio, and Instagram at JeffyMRA. As we talked about a little bit before we uh, uh, went away there, we didn't go away. The radio station didn't go away. I went away for a few minutes at the bottom of the hour. Um, I was thinking about how much has happened since we last got together and, you know, what we're focused on now. I mean, it just seems like, uh, boy, every all the news stories are just hit and run. Uh, something big happens and then it's move on. Now, the good news, I forgot to tell you the good news um, that is taking place uh, this week uh, here in Dallas is that uh, President Obama is coming. Um, he's cutting his European trip short, and uh, he'll be here in Dallas. So that'll be great. Uh, I think the uh, family of the murdered victim in Minnesota uh, is coming to Dallas. So that'll be great. That will be great. Can't wait for that. Now, there's a ton of stories, uh, you know, to get to. One of the things, since we were, you know, I, I'm... I'm out and about. I'm on, you know, I'm on what's called a vacation, but it really isn't a vacation. I had a great week uh, with my daughter. Uh, it was just her and I, and we had, you know, a great time together. It was good to spend time with her. Uh, darn the luck, my my uh, my wife and my son were gone <laughs> for the week, and boy, did I, uh, whew, man, were they missed, and uh, can't wait. For everyone to be home. Anyway, the uh, when you're out, for me, I see, you know, you see people, it drives me crazy when I see people um, out and about with their children and they're at a restaurant and everybody's looking at their phone. Drives me crazy. Drives me crazy. I don't know why. It just does. And I'm guilty of it sometimes. I am. So I try not to be. I work hard at putting the phone away. When we're out somewhere where we can communicate face to face, sitting across the table from one another, let's say, uh, we can discuss anything. I don't care. We can talk about the stupid color of the cars in the parking lot, something other than looking at the phone and the tablet and the iPod and listening. And I just can't, can't take it. 
So a lot of times when we're out and about, all I do is I will, uh, you know, if, if obviously, you know, someone goes to the bathroom, you look at your phone, and you run down, you see headlines, you look at, you know, news websites, you see headlines, and I just email myself the stories so that I can go back and read them later. All right? So, I mean, I... I mean, I don't want to miss the stories, but I don't want to spend, I'm not going to spend an hour and a half reading stories while I'm sitting at a table with my family. I'm just not, I'm not going to do it. I'd, you know, I'll take the time later. Well, I mean, that's what I tell myself, right? You're going to take the time later. And I, of course, you know, we have this show to do and we have, you know, I have, I have stacks of stuff to talk, stories to tell you about that are fascinating stories. I have the Philippines guy, the new Philippines guy. Rodrigo Duarte, the new Philippines president. If you know any addicts, go ahead and kill them yourself, as getting their parents to do it would be too painful. This is after he took the presidential oath in the Philippines. Hey, if you he got he got elected on this. If you know any addicts, go ahead and kill them yourself. Getting their parents to do it would be too painful. That's the Philippines. That's where we're headed. That's where I mean it's unbelievable. We have people live tweeting rallies for let's say presidential candidates. Oh, I don't know, uh, Donald Trump. Let's use him for an example. And we have this person, this Jared Yates Sexton, and you know it's, he's you know his bias tweets as well. Uh, maybe if I were there, it'd be you know different different tweets. But he live tweets this Greensboro uh, Trump rally. Anger here is palpable. Um. Trump event like a security state. Just watch the girl get denied for being too alternative. There's an ungodly amount of extremely junk people here. Tailgating in parking lots. Vendors selling selling Hillary sucks, but not like Monica shirts. Big seller is a shirt that says Trump. That B-I-T-C-H. Everyone is wearing, everyone is being asked to pose for pictures. Big thumbs up. Big grin. Guy wearing socialism sucks shirts and lip syncing to Tiny Dancer. <laughs> Nothing makes sense anymore. This is Jared Yates tweeting air guitarist to keep on rocking in the free world. Make America great again shirt and hat. Just got told I don't look right. Everyone discussing Orlando and debating which people in the crowd are protesters. And does it seriously. And mentioning Orlando. I mean, tell me that doesn't feel like a, 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 a hundred years ago already. I mean, uh spinning way too fast and you can go on and on with this you know live tweets from the thing but i'm just telling you so much goes on so i thought you know what i'll do is i'll just go down i'll just go down real quick and i'll and i'll look at uh like i sent it to one main uh jeff fisher account that i have so i just go back and i see what i've what i've sent myself and i'll just look at the headlines of what i've sent what i've sent for stories that you know fascinated me while i was out and about and we'll just start here since the last time we met uh, and the title, my, the subject is Paul done with music. And it's a story about Paul Simon being done with music. Okay. You know, no problem, Paul. We, you know, we can be done with you too. I'll go back and listen to all this. That's fine. Uh, headline, new federal rule strikes another devastating blow against the coal industry. No kidding. I mean, I haven't read the article, so, you know, I'm not sure what exactly this time they're talking about, what in particular they're talking about, but you know, that's. That's what they're doing. Man at center of wildly popular serial, S-E-R-I-A, podcast, granted new trial. 
So the story, they put the serial together about the murder and stuff. Now he gets a new trial. Good for him. Tesla autopilot technology under investigation after fatal crash. Again, I don't know all the details of the story, but I do know what happened. You know, and they're making a big deal out of the autopilot, but now the guy was probably on his laptop and it crashed. I mean, we have a ways to go. We all know that. The autopilot isn't for you to fall asleep yet. I, however, am looking forward to the day that I've talked to you about it before where I can get into whatever ride I have and push home and then go to sleep. I'm a big fan of that. Or I can go along and read these stories I'm talking to you about and get some things done instead of having to worry about driving. Next next email. Nancy Grace leaving headline news end of June. So she's gone. Nancy leaves headline news. I mean, that's amazing. Right? She's been there forever. She is headline news. Now, I can't say that I ever really. No, I better not say that. It's sad to see Nancy go from headline news. That's all I'm going to say. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. Uh, Inspector General fired by Obama dies. Okay, I just want to know if that's you know if that's one another. If I have to start making a list for Obama murders, like the Clinton murders. Uh, then yeah, then I see woman bosses, and there's some. It's the creator, and they're talking about uh, the women CEOs, and they're giving some of their thoughts on being successful founders. And I thought oh, I'd be interesting, and I like to see what they have to say. I absolutely would. Uh, then the next one I said to myself, executive order, United States policy on pre and post strike measures to address civilian casualties in the U S. Okay. So we have new executive orders on, uh, fighting the enemy and being able to attack the enemy. And I saw other headlines, which I didn't, which I'm sure are linked into the story. So I didn't send them to myself and I'll find them. If I go reading the story, other headlines of some of our military people who are talking about, uh, not how this hurts the military, this new executive order. But and I don't know that for sure. I just know that's you know some of the headlines that I saw outside of that headline. And then how about the Memphis TSA? I have an email I sent to myself, Memphis TSA. How about that? The girl going through the TSA in Memphis. They treat her like crap. They beat her up. She's got she's got some kind of she's disabled. She's got cancer. I don't know what. I don't even remember the whole thing. What's wrong with her? And the TSA treat her like crap. And they because she's got something and she's in a wheelchair and it's a thing and the whole thing. I do remember. I do remember my favorite part of that story. Uh, without you know clicking on the story and reading in detail, was that the TSA's first original comeback was well you should call ahead. And let us know if there's issues. Yeah. Yeah, that'll work. I bet you that'll work 100% of the time. Won't it, TSA? That is agonizing. And that's what, I mean, that we've given these people so much power. And everyone is afraid to say something because we've, they've, they've given these people more power, A, than they know how to handle because they are, you know, I don't know who they are, but many of them don't seem as, I don't know, um, what's the word I'm looking for, don't seem as bright as, say, other professions. 
but we've given them the power, man. Say something bad and they'll pull you off to the side. You'll miss your flight. You'll screw up the whole thing and it's all your fault. It's all your fault. And you want to think to yourself twice from now on, this is the scam. You know, I should call it a scam. But the, you know, do you, would you like flight insurance from the airline? You say, no, I'm not going to miss my flight. And then what if happens if you get mouthy with the TSA and you miss your flight? Do you have the insurance? No. Okay. Well, good luck. God bless. It's the way it goes. All right. Next email. Tinder info on you. I see the headline where, you know, the, the app Tinder. And I'm sure, I didn't read the story yet, but I'm sure that it's talking about their app and they get all this information on you. I, every app you sp- plug into your phone, they, uh, you know, you're giving them the right to go into your phone forever. The only thing that bugs me about, the only thing that I say no to on these apps now I, I won't use them. If they want to, and they say, oh, we won't do it without your knowledge. Uh-huh. Uh, but they do say uh, there's one app that I really want to use bad. And I keep going back to it because I want to use it. But one of the questions that, they, that I have to say yes to is them being able to say yes and giving me new followers on Twitter. And they're able to just give me followers and they're able to tweet for me. And, you know, we won't do it without your knowledge. Uh huh. How about you don't do it at all? How about you just let me use your product? But I, I can't say yes to that. I always click out of that. It just drives me crazy because I want to use their product bad. That's one of the things on the apps that. You know, I'll give them that shit. I don't care. You can come into my phone. You can turn on my camera. You can look at what's going on. I don't care. But no, you can't tweet for me, okay? I mean, I don't know. You got to draw the line somewhere, right? I mean, I do anyway. You have to draw the line somewhere. And you keep going. Uh, Roger Ailes and Gretchen Carlson. Oh, my gosh. Gretchen, Sue, and Fox and Roger and saying, you know, is a uh, that whole thing is just unbelievable. Right and digital trends in in streaming. We'll get to that. I've got that. That's a good story, actually. Uh, Walmart Mobile. You know they you know, they're, they're they're their own bank now. They've been their own bank for a while, but now you get their app. You can plug in. They're going to plug into your account and just boop. You can go into Walmart, get what you want, boop, and you're out. I'm telling you, at Walmart, just open up your own bank. Let me put some money into my Walmart account. And just take it from there. Boop. Uh, it, coming soon. And then the Walmart brawl. And then there's another big story about uh, Jorge Ramos. And another big story on critical thinking. The FCC. I want to tell the digital age. FCC trying to be relevant. Oh, my gosh. We, we'll get into a little bit of that. Are they even relevant anymore? I doubt it. They sure want to be. They sure want to be. And there's plenty more. There's plenty more. I mean, Bill Cosby loses his bid to get the criminal case dismissed. He's still go ongoing. They're never going to let that guy go. It's too bad he didn't. Uh, too bad he didn't work for this. Too bad he didn't work for the State Department like Hillary Clinton. Yeah, but Bill would have been off quite a while ago. Oh, wouldn't he? Come on, you know Hillary didn't intend to do anything bad. You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. 
This is the Jeff Fisher Show. So, Trump goes groveling to Cruz and asks him to speak uh, at the uh, convention. Senator Cruz and Donald Trump had a good meeting. No discussion of any endorsement. Yeah, no kidding, because uh, that ain't coming, Don. Uh, Mr. Trump asked Senator Cruz to speak at the Republican convention. Senator Cruz said he would be happy to do so. Mr. Trump also asked Senator Cruz for his counsel on future judicial nominations, and Cruz responded that will continue to do everything he can to help ensure principled constitutionalists on the courts. Did you now, Don? You... You want his counsel on future judicial nominations. Okay, well, you sitting down with Ted ain't an endorsement. Uh, I find, Ted, I almost wish you would have said, take a hike, Don. Uh, take a hike. But, okay, you could be Mr. Nice Guy. You could be Mr. Nice Guy, but <laughs> that's got to be hard to do. This is the Jeff Fisher Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network. Broke through with a book called Confessions of Congressman X. And Robert joins us here on the broadcast today. And Robert, we kind of uh, broke down a little bit of the book uh, a few weeks ago and uh, found it, I, I find it fascinating. Um, when you were, uh, when you were putting this together, do you have the impression that uh, X is in the majority? Oh, absolutely. You mean as far as uh, the, the comments he makes in the book? Yes. Uh, yes, very much so. Uh, and what he says crosses both party lines for both Republicans and Democrats. He's a, he is a Democrat, uh, uh, as you know, uh, although he admits he's a, a closet moderate, but he won't right. dare admit it for fear the, the liberals in, in Congress would drum him out. How many times did you uh, hear some of these uh, before you took to writing them down for history? Uh, uh, well, first of all, um, you should know that back, way back in the 1970s, uh, I was on Capitol Hill for... Ten years as the chief of staff and also the press secretary to two members of Congress. Uh, they were Democrats from Maryland, but they were uh, uh, the blue dogs of their day. Back then, they called them bull weevils, and they switched to the blue dogs. But uh, they were they were conservative Democrats, um, and so I, I got uh, uh, an inside uh, feel of Congress for that period of time. And I can tell you, it was totally different than it is today. I still stay uh, stay in touch with. Uh, one of those members, one has died, the other is, is still alive. Uh, I've, I've been up to Capitol Hill with her on many occasions, and uh, uh, it, it's just totally changing the stories you hear from uh, members. It uh, kind of curls your toes a little bit. It's very disturbing. Uh, there are a lot of unhappy people up there, but they're not doing anything to change uh, the system. Well, we've been told, uh, just as a, a side note, um, you know, I uh, outside of this broadcast, I work on... Uh, the Glenn Beck radio program as right. well. And we were uh, talking uh, to a number of people. We, I should say we have talked to a number of people that are inside the Beltway. And they claim that uh, you don't know what it's like here. You don't know what it's like. I mean, it's it's bad. Yes, it is. It's bad. And that's a, that's a shame to hear. It's almost kind of frightening to hear. 
It is. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, as you know, in the, in the book, uh, Congressman X even says he, he feels disconnected from reality. I mean, he said, I that, bet. you know, he said it, it's just like, uh, you know, the, the Wizard of Oz, pull back the curtain and. Now there's Congress. Uh, right. Not much really there. What do you hope uh, What do you hope people get out of this? So we'll, we'll go through uh, the book a little bit. I found it, I mean, it's a, it's a quick read. Right. Uh, it's fascinating, and it, it brought uh, so many of the chapters as I was going through them. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and? Well, you know, his goal, uh, and I'm talking about X, his goal was really to call attention to you know, all the corruptive practices that are uh, occurring up on Capitol Hill. And uh, he, hope, he hopes that people would use it as a starting point to start talking about it and, and then kind of forcing their members of Congress uh, to start making some changes. Although at, at later uh, in the book, he admits that it's, and it's really kind of sad to say this, but he, he almost feels that it's, it's too late that they've, there yeah, be no road out of this. Well, I mean, the title of the last chapter, I'm Not Hopeful About the Future, kind of right. gives you that idea. But he does give some uh, some plans that uh, would uh, seem to at least uh, put the uh, put the boat in the right direction. Uh, yes, he does. And, uh, and, and that is kind of, it's, it's very interesting. As a book, you, you can see a lot of arrogance and hubris and brashness and so forth. But at the same time, I, I kind of got the feeling that... Uh, he was embarrassed by it all himself, and he was kind of seeking forgiveness. And this was this was the way he was going to do it: is write this book and say, "Okay, I admit it. We do well, all these things, but no. here here is, is what's wrong, and here's what you can do about it." And uh, obviously, the, the the key one was uh, doing something about this dialing for dollars madness that right. uh, all members go through. Uh, they spend one half to two thirds of their time doing nothing but shaking the tree for money, uh, rather than doing the job they were elected to do. Um, so that's that's the first thing he's talking about is is uh, how do we how do we go about that? How do we stop lobbyists from raising money, uh, you know, for the for those they lobby? That that should be completely against the law. Yes, uh, no question. And then he's talking about publicly financed elections. I know that you know it, it, courts throw that out, but uh, the fact is, he said there's got to be some way to control the money here because um, if if you you know it, it, it's so obvious. That special interests are controlling the the um, uh, votes in Congress, uh, agenda in Congress, uh, and and the guy, you know, the average guy in the street has no impact at all. Well, and again, I mean, if you turn that around a little bit and look at uh, some of the, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, rage. Uh, in the country right now and even around the world. Uh, you know, people seem to be maybe getting a little tired of that, but I don't know that they know exactly what they want to make it better. No, I, I agree with you. And the, and, the, and the other problem is, as he points out, um, he blames a lot of this on the electorate. He's saying that they are uh, uh, pretty ignorant about uh, what goes on uh, in Washington, uh, what Congress is all about, what their congressmen uh, the role of, of their member of Congress is, yeah. and so forth. And he said, because people are so into themselves today that uh, they're kind of ignoring, they've kind of thrown up their, their hands, as it were, and saying, we can't do anything, so we'll just let them do what they do, and we'll do what we do. Well, it's just getting worse and worse uh, as a result of that. Yeah, sooner or later, uh, something has to give. No Absolutely. question about that. Um, while you were uh, going through uh, confessions of Congressman X, um, what was your, what's your what's your favorite part? 
Is there a favorite part? Well, no, my, my, my favorite's not quite the word. Um, I mean, I always tell people uh, when I give them a copy of the book, I say, you know, um, I, I don't want to say enjoy this because it's very depressing. <laughs> uh, and, and I think when you, when you finish the whole book, because I've seen it with people around here, um, you finish the book and you say, what the hell can I do? How can I change yeah. this? This is terrible. Uh, and there's suddenly an interest uh, of one kind or another. Um, I kind of like the idea that uh, uh, Congressman X had. I really think it probably is the only solution. He's, he is uh, saying that there should be uh, uh, you know, an insurrection uh, uh, at the polls. Uh, and, and what he's saying is primarily that during primaries, uh, it, it, most people aren't going to change their party because they're afraid if, right. of what the other guy's going to do. So he's saying, so start at the primary level. Find someone to run against the incumbent that's already in there that, that has some solutions to uh, the problems in Washington. And this way you can kick out the incumbent and still stay with your own party. Right. Well, I mean, they've talked uh, a number of, uh, you know, for several years anyway, is the way to uh, the way to get that back is at the, the uh, you know, the primary level, you right. know, just to get that out. But then uh, you also have to have people realize that, look, that's what it's supposed to be about. Right. You're supposed to have, hey, this person feels the way I do. So I'm going he, we're going to, you know, put this I'm going I want this person in office. Right. And then you get like minded people around that person and get them into office. That's the whole point of the system. Well, I think most people vote, uh, you know, they don't know much about uh, uh, who they've elected in office. Uh, Even down that's the very state, basic. You, somebody, um, my, you know, who's the governor? Who, who's my delegate? Who's my senator? Uh, and people generally vote for that letter after the name, you know, the right. R or the D. Right, because it's easy. It's easy, and it's they easy. know, well, well, generally those people... Uh, you know, they share my kind of thinking. And you drive around your uh, drive around your city, and uh, the, you know the one with the most signs that are ramming it in your head every day right. when you go there is, oh yeah, uh, Wilson. Yeah, I remember that guy. I remember that sign a thousand times in my head. He must be good. Yeah, it's a she. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. It's a she. I mean, it's so so unbelievable. Um, all right, so uh, after all the years. Uh, all the tears. What's left for you? Are you hoping that uh, maybe we create that fishbowl Washington D.C. that we so would like to have? That's a hope, of course, because uh, uh, you know, I think it was kind of interesting uh, his last three words: "God help us." Uh, because, <laughs> right. as you may recall, in that last chapter, he makes all these suggestions, and then he suddenly says, "I don't know why I'm even bringing this up or talking about it," because he said it's just not going to happen. Congress is too polarized to have it happen, and the electorate is too uh, polarized. So he he honestly thinks that, you know, it, um, as he said, he's not hopeful about the future and uh, uh, and people taking an interest in, in trying to change things. He thinks people have kind of given up. Although I agree with you, isn't it interesting that this particular election cycle, the presidential cycle uh, election, that uh, you're seeing uh, people like Donald Trump and, and Bernie Sanders and Brexit and all that kind of right. There is this this momentum that's building up, you know, and it is. You're absolutely right. It's anger. Uh, there's, a, there's a complete uh, disintegration of confidence in in government these days, uh, and everyone agrees that, um, as you said, it is presumptuous. It's wasteful. It's hard. It's you know, and, and look, it's frustrating for for everyone to look and say, you know, that's just not right. right. I mean, it's just you know the. 
And one of the uh, chapters, uh, he talks about uh, uh, just because something is technically legal doesn't mean that it's morally right. Well, guess what? Uh, you know, that's true. But, uh, you know, how many times have we heard, well, that's the law and that's the way it is. And that's what's so frustrating. And that's why I think, as you know, we were you just mentioned, people are frustrated and mad and angry, but they really don't know what to do. Well, it's kind of sad when you hear, uh, excuse me, when you hear people say, uh, you know, a politician will tell a lie here and a lie there, and so they go, and, and the standard response is, well, you know, politicians lie. That's just the way they are. Right. And all that kind of nonsense. Well, that not that cute? That's just the charm of those people, you know, it goes on and of on. Of course, of course, it's the primaries, of course they lie. Yeah. Of course, we're gonna we're gonna hear their lies. They all say that. Yes, they do. Um, oh my gosh, it's absolutely agonizing. Absolutely. Okay, so Congressman X, um, we're gonna we'll set aside the confessions of Congressman X a little bit, and we'll go to Robert Atkinson, uh, uh, political pundit. I don't know about that. What do you? <laughs> oh, come on now. Former chief of staff, press secretary for a couple members of Congress, uh, traveled the world. What do you see happening in this uh, presidential uh, election happening here in the United States of America right now? (laughs) I think uh, it's going to be very, very close. I think uh, there's there's a feeling right now that uh, assuming that Donald Trump remains Republican nominee and Hillary Clinton remains the uh, Democrat nominee, and I can't be sure both because, you know, the whole email thing might come up and bite her at the very end. Uh, but let's presume it's those two. That, uh, unlike what the polls are currently showing, I think it's just going to be neck and neck, and I think it's, I don't think you're really going to know until early in the morning on you know, election night, you know, the next day. I think it's that close. Right. I think, ironically, this book, it was totally unintentional because I have the to him because a few reporters brought it up and they said, well, isn't this uh, really what uh, uh, this book's all about, you know, Donald Trump, you know, how he feels? And he said, my God, that wasn't my purpose of doing it at all. But I think the book has unintentionally kind of captured the whole populist message that's been out there uh, this campaign year for not only Trump, but for Sanders. Oh, sure. Uh, And uh, because it kind of shows that uh, uh, how pathetic Washington is. You know, how little gets done, uh, uh, and the government is, is terribly wasteful. Uh, and we know all these things, and yet, again, I get back to nobody's doing anything about it. I mean, you see papers like the Washington Post, you know, they're so happy with the column on giving Pinocchios. Nobody cares. They all know. Oh, they lie. So what's, what's, what's the big deal? I find it uh, fascinating. I don't know if you uh, have uh, watched uh House of Cards or not on Netflix uh, with Kevin Spacey as Frank Underwood, but so many times uh, throughout the book, uh, I could actually—I mean, I could envision it. One of the cool things about the show, if if those of you listening aren't familiar with it, a lot of times um, Spacey as Frank Underwood will, right in the middle of uh, uh, whatever's going on, will stop and just look at the camera and talk to you. 
which, first of all, is a great idea, and it, you know what sets that show apart in the beginning. But so many times, like uh, uh, for example, uh, one part of, in your book, it says uh, nobody here gives a rat's ass about the future and who's going to pay for all this stuff we vote for. That's the next generation's problem. It's all about immediate publicity, getting credit now, looking good for the upcoming election. Isn't that and, true? And I can, I mean, I can just uh, so many times I, I see. Uh, Frank Underwood staring at the camera, telling people that on Netflix, and I'm thinking, but that's that's not real. That's not real. That's just a story, right? It's not real. Well, and this it, is real. I know. And as a matter yeah, of fact, one of the things when um, I had I, in the forward, I, I kind of lay out how this is based on a series of conversations over many years, a little right. little over fifteen years, uh, and then I had taken notes and never told him about it. But I thought one day he might want to do a tell-all. And then when I finally mentioned to him that I had these notes, he was obviously very upset. Uh, and uh, I said, don't worry. I said, I haven't told a soul. I never will. Uh, and I gave him the notes and said, take a look at these. And uh, I didn't hear from him for a good part of a year. And then uh, uh, he contacted me. Uh, we met again. And he said he'd gone over the notes. And he said, you know, he said, everything you say is true. But he said, it sounds so harsh. Can we get rid of? Can we get rid of the the expert, You know the the, the the curse words and everything. And I said, hell no. I said, X. Look around. That's I the way said, it is. That's what you said, and that's and that's why the book is so powerful. Yeah, is that it's just you're sitting down and you're just spilling all this out, uh, as you said, like looking at the camera and saying, here's really the way it is. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you one cute story uh, because it kind of reminds me who knew who knew that. It was actually going on in the 1970s behind the scenes, very little uh, like today. But there's a TV studio on uh, the House side and the Senate side where members can go and and do a a weekly program for, you know, maybe a a local station in their their district. And I was was down there with a congresswoman one time. We were waiting, and, and this fellow, and I won't say who he was, but he's from Pennsylvania, but he was in the studio, and he he had... Uh, wasn't running for re-election, and this was, I think, the last program he had. And he was, so he, this is your looking at the camera. So it, right behind it, what is it, it's set up as a desk, and right behind it, there's this window, and there's the Capitol Dome, like everyone looks at right. the Capitol Dome. And so he gets up and he goes, this place, he said, is a giant farce. Look at this. And he turned around and he puts his fists through the Capitol Dome and it just, the whole, whole backdrop just fell. And I thought to myself, well, that's kind of what this book's about here. Yeah, that's exactly what the book is about. The whole thing is just a facade. Yep. Okay, so uh, before I let you go and before uh, you want to make, uh, you know, big Big news here on the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Tell people how they can get the book. They can get the book, uh, uh, obviously, through uh, Amazon or Barnes & Noble. All the Uh, usual places. What's that? All the usual places. All the usual places. And all you have to do is go to something like Amazon and type in either Congressman X or Confessions of Congressman X. It'll take you there, give you reviews of the book, and... And I don't want to. And, and I'll tell you a little secret: is that it's uh, uh, if you uh, if you have the free Kindle app, you can get a pretty a pretty good price online yes, you can. too. Very good. Price. That's what I, I paid the good price for it online. And I know I'd already I'd already bought it, already started reading it, and I saw. And I will thank you for the copy. Quite I saw well. that you sent me a download. Thank you very much. But I had already I'd already spent my hard earned money for you. Robert oh, Atkinson. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to give you your, I'm going to give you your chance here to set yourself free and make big news right here on the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Who is Congressman X? Uh, 
Ah, that we will never know because that is that is the only reason I was uh, selected to write the book is because I used to have a profession where I had to maintain an- anonymity. Uh, it's just I, you and me, though. Come on. I will never reveal it. I will. I will tell you that. He's a Democrat. We know that. He may still be in Congress, or he may have uh, retired or lost the election. How's that for a prediction? Just between you and me, though, who is he? (laughs) Robert. He's married to Y. Robert Atkinson, Confessions of Congressman X. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me. The Jeff Fisher Show, the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. It is. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Thank you for listening to the Blaze Radio Network. Appreciate you coming along for the ride today. Chris Salcedo, Mike Slater, coming up immediately following this broadcast. Uh, Joe Pags, right after those two guys, all live here on the Blaze Radio Network. Michael Pelka uh, is just before this broadcast, 6 to 9 on Saturdays. Nice to have him uh leading the way here on the Blaze Radio Network. I'm not sure what he gave away today. He was teasing something at the end of the show that you could listen to the podcast and try to win a, a failed Michael Opelka giveaway. Uh, I mean, I I didn't think there were any failed uh, Opelka giveaways. I mean, there may be some that we haven't used yet. There may be some that, uh, you know, maybe have questionable ideas, you know, like the Opelka stunt brain grill set or something like that. But, I mean, there's, I mean... Okay, I, I'm ready for the, you know, the stunt brain posted notes, uh, something, you know. But you know, listen to the podcast, see if you can, you know, win your special little stunt brain gift that he's, you know, the failed gift he's calling it failed. I boy, do I disagree with that. So anyway, during the break, I'm scanning uh, theblaze.com, uh, and I scroll down and I saw it last night too, and it threw me a little bit. And so it, there it is again. And it's a little picture on the left-hand side, and the the story is Clinton says Americans must not vilify police officers in the wake of deadly Dallas ambush. And, okay, you know, great. And I've heard a clip from it, and she still sounds like Hillary. And she's trying, she's at the point of really, she's trying her damnedest not to squeal. I mean, she, she wants to get into that Hillary. And we have a right to disagree. And she is, she wants too bad, but she doesn't. She's, they've got her tethered, man. But now I look at this picture and I'm thinking, is that Hillary? I mean, that looks, she looks great. That can't be Hillary. And so I click on it and it is her. I mean, they've got her, they've got the hair looking a little different. They've got lightened up a little bit, the new cut. They've got the outfit is a little bit younger looking with the open jacket and the the loose hanging blouse with the pants. It's still a pantsuit, but it's not the it's not the mouse tongue look. Uh, and you know, so they've got her looking good, looking good. I thought, wow, that can't be Hillary, and it is, and she looks great. Now I will grant you that it's a far away shot. It's not the up close, 
and you don't see the uh, you know it's, it's not it's the it's a it's knees and above. So you know I do miss you miss the suffering of the cankalitis. I got it, but she looks great. And then I pointed out a New York wanted to know if I'd been drinking, uh, which you know obviously I mean hello it's Saturday, and uh, b uh, isn't it interesting. Uh, as pointed out from New York, and they are a hundred percent right. Uh, my man John is a hundred percent right. Isn't it interesting that we're talking about how she looks? We're not talking about the intent of her emails and every other god awful thing that she's involved with. But then we have, you know, she's up against the the great Donald Trump, who, you know, everybody now you think that he's not you think that he's not a chameleon. I mean. Tell me if you think this is Donald Trump. I see a thing uh, talking about the tweets from Donald Trump saying the press isn't reporting on these tweets from Donald Trump. And they're basic political tweets. Prayers and condolences to all the families who are thoroughly devastated by the horrors we're all watching take place in our country. Okay. Due to the horrific events taking place in our country, I've decided to postpone my speech on economic opportunity today in Miami. I mean, and it goes on and on. Yeah. you t- Tell me that's Donald Trump writing that. Not a chance. Not a chance. And if that's the direction he's going, trying to be Mr. Political, Mr. Nice Guy, what got him here? ain't going to get him to the White House. Maybe that's what he wants. Maybe that's what he wants. But you got Hillary getting the new cut and the lighter do and the younger pantsuits and uh, the FBI saying, ah, nothing to look at. She didn't intend anything bad. Move on. She's on a fast lane to the White House. Sad. Now, the state of Texas has a lot of weirdos, but the state I lived in for many, many years, the state of the great state of Florida. Uh, I was told by many people when I lived there, what happens in Florida is the weird of the USA. It's where everyone goes. It's where the weirdos go. It's where things happen. It's where you look and go, oh, my gosh, it's got to be Florida. And, yes, it is. So my man Chuck in Florida is covering that weird of Florida for the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. How are you, Chuck? Jeffy, I'm doing marvelous. How are you, sir? <laughs> oh, oh, so good. If I could just get my, I, I'm, I'm my hands on a new pair of Yeah, no, well, you, you have to be drinking. I, I saw the picture of Hillary. That is, that is not good. Not good Tell at all. Tell me. Oh, come on. She looks great Look, there. Somebody finally put lipstick on her, okay? But that's not covering up everything else. Uh, I don't know. She looks good there. Telling you, yeah, you okay. see I, in that picture there. No, you see what better? She absolutely looks better than she did. Yeah, I mean, you, you see that picture, you think, well, you know, maybe that's what Bill saw a few years ago. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Florida, <laughs> and it's Sorry. okay. It's momentary reaction. There. Of course, I'm drinking. So Florida, yes, um, yes, so, Florida. So, so the weird of the country, so goes Florida. And I know that uh, you uh, cover some of that, uh, Chuck, in Florida. As my man Chuck in I Florida. Do, sir. Uh, and uh, so what do you have for us? I mean, is there weird happening in Florida? That's a dumb question. I should say, what that, weird that, that, has happened in Florida? Yeah. Uh, the sun rose today in Florida. There's weird happening in Florida. Thank you. Thank so, you. Yes. Uh, 
uh, I, I think I, I wanted to lead out with something that wasn't quite as funny, only so we can get it out of the way, because this does qualify as top weird of the week, I think. Um, Titania Allen of Daytona Beach, Florida, was out celebrating the 4th of July uh, festivities on the beach, and uh, she had her baby with her and her boyfriend, and, a par- and, and I don't know if it's the baby daddy, I'm just I'm, I'm spitballing here. But the, uh, the story goes that she got into a fight or an argument with her boyfriend on the beach oh and uh, apparently punched him in the face a couple of times, which I don't know if he fought back or not, but apparently it wasn't enough for her. She had to use her baby as a weapon. This woman what? actually slung her baby, her t- I think it was an infant, like a one-year-old baby, slung him at her boyfriend and and using him to beat the boyfriend i was i was so stunned by this i had to check it and sure enough the story uh checks out there were 26 witnesses to this that stepped forward and said yeah we saw the whole thing which in of itself is a miracle but uh apparently she got angry slung the baby and then dropped it in the sand while she continued to beat on the boyfriend (laughs) and uh wow wow it's not funny it's not funny. No, it's not. I'm sorry it's I'm laughing, not, too, but I, I'm, I'm trying to visualize this in my head, and all I can picture is this woman's hair. I've got the picture on the website, and this, I don't know, it kind of looks like Carrot Top with a, uh, you know, some real kink to it, but it went straight up. What, you, you know, it, it's got awful. The hair is horrible, but the story's much worse, so. No okay, They let anybody have children. It's bad. No, no, you're right. There's got to be you know, something we could do about that. You have a that. license to drive a car, but anybody can procreate, you know? There's got to be something we could do about that. Oh, wait. Now, never mind. No, well, so, the judge did take the baby away from her and denied bail and kept her in jail, which I think is a good thing because she had no prior. She had never been arrested before, but nonetheless, somebody saw the, you know, heinousness of this crime and gave the baby to family and kept this woman locked up, which I think is a good end to the story. Well, that's good. Heck yeah, it is. Heck, very good story, yeah. Yes, yes. So what's next? So, no. Okay, so that is kind of funny, actually. I mean, you, you don't want to laugh at it, but you kind of have to. Well, I've a baby as a weapon before. I mean, how does that work? You know, I don't want to picture it, but it, it's there. So what do you do? Hey, the kid's um, in your I, hand. What are you going to do? I, Not fight? You, you know, <laughs> down, if, you, know <laughs> you had to set the beer down to punch the guy in the face, right? Now you've got the other hand, and there's the baby. I guess that's the only other thing you can there's sling just at him, but... no t- There's just no time to set the kid down. Anyway, no, I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. Stop, please. I just can't. I just can't. All right. So the mayor of Sanford. You remember Sanford, right? I love Sa- yeah, I love Sanford, Florida. Of course. It's the home of the now infamous story with the Trayvon Martin shooting by George Zimmerman and blah, 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 you know? Correct. Um, the thing about this interesting story is that the mayor was actually carjacked in Sanford. Uh, Three men approached his car late one evening as he was leaving a friend's house and uh, put a gun in his face. In fact, they actually put the gun in his mouth and made him get out of his car. Wow. Uh, Boy, things are looking up in Sanford. Yes. Well, I mean, you know, he he had to call his department to come out and they, they, they stole his Mercedes from him and, uh, the cops showed up in you know record time. Of course, it's their boss, so uh, <laughs> you kind of want to go to the boss at three in the morning when he calls you for carjacking. I guess you know. Well, I mean, okay, so we're gonna we're gonna be mad at the police for showing up fast at the mayor's p- carjacking. No, 
he actually praised them. He said, what a great job the local uh, police department did. And I'm thinking, well, yeah, you kind of have to say that. They work for you. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no kidding. You're the mayor. Uh, the mayor was carjacked. Right. We'll get to it in a minute. No, you do, that does not going to happen. But it is kind of stunning. Not that, wait thirty minutes for the cops to show up. I just I mean, feel that they're going to be there first. You know what? What is going on with in Orlando and San? I mean, Sanford is technically you know Orlando. Um, what the it heck is. is going on, man? That place is falling apart, bad, bad. Well, you know when you get um, the expansion of uh, all the major theme parks and uh, all the riffraff that it brings in from out of state. And, oh, I'm sorry, the great tourists that visit, you know, when they come to Orlando. You know. You're the, they're the reason Florida doesn't have state income tax, pal. Okay? Thank you very much. Thank you. Keep coming uh, to Florida. We love you. On top of which, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see this. I was thinking uh, a couple weeks ago about uh, I think that it's probably going to happen, and it sets a bad precedent. It's going to look bad when it happens. So they've got to do it right. But it wouldn't surprise me to have Disney start having their own police force. And I don't mean, like, security. I mean Disney police force. And I'm if not talking you talk, about... You know, I'm they, sure they... they believe. I, know, I know they have their security and everything, but I'm talking about, you know, Disney SWAT, man. I'm, I'm, <laughs> that's coming. That's coming. Really want to design that uniform. That would be so funny. I, anyway. I'm telling you, it's coming because, you know, you think about it, you can go fly it. Like, we were thinking about taking the kids to Disney. We haven't been there in a while. It's been quite some time. So I was thinking about maybe my, you know, next vacation or something. Fly in. You don't even have to rent a car. You fly in. You hop on the Disney tram. You take it into Disney. You stay in Disney. You use all their stuff. At the end of the vacation, you hop on the Disney tram. They take you back to the airport. You fly out. So why wouldn't Disney have their own security to make those, those people uh, be safe? I mean, I, I, it's, a, it's a win-win. If you talk to the Disney people, they believe their security is like a, a, a town police force. I believe that it is already, power. but I'm just saying, I mean, I'm, but, but, but you don't see it as a Disney SWAT, you know? Well, I, I mean, that... it very well could be because they seem to be better at it than the FBI. Did you hear the story that yeah, the guy who true. shot up Orlando nightclub, he actually cased out the, the downtown Disney area before yeah, he, he decided to go the other direction because security was too tight. Yeah, he I mean, come on, these both. guys. Yeah, they were out there checking things out, and, and police uh, were notified, and they said that, uh, you know, the diligence of the Disney store owners uh, pointed out this guy's case in the joint, you know, and so they, they ended up. I'm like, sure I'm going to be told that uh, Disney already has their security. What are you talking about? Well, I'm just saying I, would, I, you don't, I don't see the Disney SWAT team, and maybe, maybe they keep them underground for special cases. I don't know. I'm sure they have great security. Kind of, you, can't, you can't have the Disney SWAT roaming around in their tactical gear above ground uh you know scaring all the four-year-olds uh trying to get mickey's autograph right right all right so i we i know we got sidetracked a little bit so you've got like 30 seconds for one last quick story for chuck in florida and you can check them all out at chuckinflorida.com but the last weirdest story of the week from florida is i've got to go with the alligator lizards in the air uh this is the ventura highway song from america back in the day you remember that line about alligator lizards, well, we have a gentleman who took a picture of a five-foot alligator that actually climbed into the branches of a tree. And wow. I've never seen this before. I hear it's not uncommon. There's a woman. I've never Coral seen an alligator climb there. a tree. I've not seen this, but it, there's a small picture on the website. It wasn't very good, but that's what they gave me. And I, I had to laugh because... I, I've, I've seen a lot of gators in a lot of places and golf courses and ponds. 
never in a tree. And I'm thinking, we finally have something to brag about in Florida. The first airborne alligator air force. I think if we could train these gators to take care of the drug problem, the tourists, the people casing out downtown Disney, this would be the way to go. Chuck Who's in Florida. Florida airborne lizards. Chuck in Florida dot com. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show. That it is. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride today. Plenty more to get to uh, today. Uh, I've got a... I'm kind of fed up with the movie industry. Uh, I went to see uh, a movie this past week, and it had nothing to do with the movie, which we'll talk a little bit about. But uh, I've had just about enough of them shoving movie theaters down my throat. And they better fix it quick. I better fix it quick. We're going to talk about that next hour for sure. And uh, also, uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the big winning lottery ticket. Uh, was one winner. One winner. Man, i got to check my tickets. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. How are you? This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo coming up immediately following this broadcast. Mike Slater and Joe Pags as well on this Saturday, all live, all on the Blaze Radio Network. Then tomorrow, Sunday, we have David Barton, Bill Handel, Jackie D, and so much more on the Blaze Radio Network. Then Monday through Friday, I can't stop talking like this now. Doc and Skip, Glenn Beck, Buck Sexton, Jay Severin, Pat and Stu. All for your listening and enjoyment pleasure. And, of course, you can go to theblaze.com slash radio and download all our shows and take us with you wherever you go. You're welcome. So, anyway, sorry. <laughs> I, I couldn't stop. I don't know why. Um. So, of course, just like uh, living in Florida, uh, you, a hurricane comes through and everybody calls and says, are you okay? I was just looking, watching the news and I know that you're in Florida and there's a storm that's going up into the Gulf of Mexico and it's traveling up into the panhandle of Florida and I want to make sure you're okay. Well, yes, I'm fine. The storm is in the Gulf of Mexico. We're getting a few waves, some wind and some rain, maybe some tropical storm winds. That's it. 
Once the storm goes by, it's the most beautiful weather of all. And that's absolutely true. Once the storm goes through, the weather is gorgeous because it sucks all the humidity out. It sucks everything out. And you got nothing but blue skies. And it's gorgeous. Uh, my point being is that I am here in Dallas. We're here in the Dallas Metroplex, where the Mercury studio, Studios are in Irving. And it's about 10, 15 minutes from downtown Dallas. And then I live another, you know, 30 minutes out from here. So I'm about 45 minutes from downtown Dallas. But, of course, you have all this stuff going on in downtown Dallas. The world knows, oh, my God, you live in Dallas. Are you okay? Yes, I'm fine. Thank you. I'm fine. Uh, and, you know, and I I got to thinking, we, we talked about it, you know, in the first hour, and I was going to stop talking about it. I just, you're going to hear so much about it, and you already have heard so much about the shooting. And, you know, I mean, it's horrific. There's no question, horrific. Uh, you know, if you don't know what to do, say prayers and say send good thoughts and think good thoughts. Whatever it is you do, do it. Whatever it is you do to make good things happen, do it. Pray, meditate, think good thoughts, throw mud in the air, dance around a fire, whatever it is. I mean, we had 12 officers shot, five officers killed, seven officers injured, two citizens injured. Okay? It was was bad. It was bad. And, And you saw the video and heard the audio and people were scared and it's frightening. But we also played audio of people that are thinking that, hey, it's a good thing. And whenever we have this Ferguson, Minnesota, Baltimore, South, the Carolinas with South Carolina, yeah, uh, in, in Atlanta, New Orleans, Mississippi, wherever you go, Dallas, California, Phoenix, wherever you go around the country, and you have You have the Black Lives Matter group, and they were quick on Thursday night to start distancing themselves. At least the press were quick to, the pundits were quick to start distancing Black Lives Matter from this. Oh, this isn't what they want. This isn't, this isn't what they do. No, but this is, a, this is what happens when you start screaming for justice. What is justice? It's a good question. What is justice? Because for the most part, justice is, when we see it on television now with the Black Lives Matter group and any other group, and our main reverend spewing his normal hate, justice is retribution, revenge, Get mine. We've been downtrodden all our lives. We want justice. And then I'm reminded of, and you think to yourself, well, we're ruled by feelings, which really we are. I mean, we're ruled by feelings, which is agonizing. This is not the way it's supposed to be. Feelings are just that, feelings. But we're supposed to live within a framework of laws. And inside that framework, you can have feelings, but it's still you have the framework of law. That framework is going away fast. 
And when that meltdown of the framework goes, you're going to have leaders like our friend down in the in uh, down south of us saying, "Kill the drug addicts. Go ahead. Be tough on them. Be tough on their parents." And that's right. I reminded my ear, don't call them leaders. We have to stop calling them leaders. Oh, we have to. They're representatives. They're supposed to represent us. They're not leaders. Oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you. Falling into my own trap. But then I was thinking a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, before we were gone and uh, all this happened, um, Glenn, you Glenn back that guy, you know, uh, he was talking about, the story how uh, your memories, uh, strong memories, uh, whatever they are, uh, are encased into your DNA. So if something bad happened to someone in your family, it's with you, right? You still feel it. Like you have that moment of, of feeling. And he's talking about, you know, people who have great things happen or, uh, you know, families that are saying that it's in the genes. Well, it is in the genes, according to this. And so I go back and I start looking a little bit, and I see that this study has been going on for quite some time, and there's been believers of this for quite some time, and now they're really starting to find that, uh, you know, the, the truth and validity to it. And I think, well, when we say, uh, when we hear Black Lives Matter groups and other, you know, black leaders, black representatives uh, tell us that, uh, you know, uh, about slavery and how bad it was. And we say, well, we don't have slaves and we never have had slaves. And we don't understand, you know, why do we, you should understand where we're coming from. And we say, no, I mean, what do you mean to understand where you're coming from? We're coming from a place that look around. Uh, it's pretty damn good. The United States of America is a pretty darn good place. Uh, you can have when here in the United States, you can have uh, marches uh, in the streets, and the government isn't shooting you, isn't mowing you down, isn't throwing bombs in the streets. They're protecting you from that happening to you. And if you burn down that framework of law, there will be no one to protect you. Then we're in trouble. But it got me thinking about, well, if that's true, if the if the DNA thing is true, and I have no reason to doubt it, and I believe it, uh, you've we've seen case after case of you know examples of it happening, good and bad. So I'm thinking, okay, so let's say you're a black person, uh, African American, whatever you want, and you had someone in your past part of the slave trade and it was horrific and their life was so horrible and now it's encased in your DNA. Well, it's still there inside you then, isn't it? So, I mean, we do kind of have to see it a little differently as, as, uh, as white America. I got it. Okay. I get it. Saying that, Hey, get over it. Doesn't make us racist. Saying get over it makes us, well, look, okay, we know that it was bad and it was horrific on your great-great-great-grandpa or grandmother or whatever it is, but it's not horrific for you. You don't get 
justice for them. Uh, it's just, I, I don't know. I don't know. Just know that because of the horror here in the Dallas Metroplex, just whatever it is you do, whether you pray, you throw chicken wings around, you dance around a fire, you blow smoke in the air, whatever it is you do that you believe will make things better, do it. Because we need it. We need it all. We need it all to be better. And we need people to realize that feelings are great, but without some sort of structure, some sort of structure of law, we're in deep trouble. And, you know, speak, I, I think that I think that a lot of people uh, in the Black Lives Matter group or their, you know, surrounding them, when they hear Constitution, go back to the Constitution, they don't hear the Constitution now. They hear back to the Constitution when there was slavery. Well, no, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the Constitution as it is now. The framework, and trust me, and that Constitution is barely hanging on by a thread as it is, but that we don't we're not talking about you know when we talk about the founders yeah the founders had the idea of the constitution and that constitution also has a way of to change which it has and that's what we're talking about and i i don't think we i don't think we argue that point good enough i just don't so when you uh when you go through the weekend, you're going to hear it's going to get beat up more and more and more, and you're going to hear different stats from different people, and you're going to know you're going to know what's true and what's not. I gave you some facts earlier today in the first segment. Those are true, straight, straight, right down the narrow. Just know that it could. It's not going to take much of a spark to make things really bad. They're not really bad now. They're getting there. They're just bad. But if that spark happens, man, be ready. I don't know what to tell you to do. I would say, you know, you can have all the food prep and weapons and everything you need. That's still not going to change. We're going to survive. Of course we survive. We always survive. It's a matter of how we survive that will come to light. When we see, you know, we see history has taught us that we survive. History has taught us, you know, we're going after these people for climate change. And, uh, you know, the government wants uh, all these people like Alex Epstein, you know, uh, Center for Industrial Progress to turn over emails because they might have they've said something bad about climate change and and uh, the global warming. And they're saying that it's not true. And we've got to stop that. Are you kidding me? And what are you going to stop it to? What are you hoping to stop? You stop You want to go back to the Middle Ages? I've got some. I've got a couple things here from the Middle Ages. I don't want to go back to. And trust me, 
We're uh, when we come back, I'll go down a list of some of the things that actually were going on in the Middle Ages. Uh, no, thank you. No, thank you. I'll go ahead and burn the coal for me. It's fine because I don't want to do the rest of that. Here we go. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show is on. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You can follow me on Twitter, at JeffyMRA. Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio, and uh, Instagram, JeffyMRA. All right, the Middle Ages, right? I mean, it was uh, it was a great time. Great time. I mean, plagues, wars, famines, civil uprising, religious control, persecution, science, and medicine. What? But it almost sounds like we're getting close to that now. I don't want to go back there. I don't want to go back. I'm sorry. Burn the coal. Burn the coal. I want to be able to walk into my home and turn on a light switch. I don't want to go back to the days when scientists believed that uh, wearing an amulet containing weasel testicles would prevent pregnancy. Now, I will say... If someone was wearing weasel testicles, you might think twice or three times about having some sort of some sort of love with them to get pregnant. No question about it. Oh, the weasel testicles. No, thank you. So, I mean, that's not really science. That's more, you know, like, uh, why don't you just wear these and nobody will want you. I don't want to go back to the day where white skin was considered to be the pillar of feminine beauty. And women would apply white powder to their faces that often contained lead. And many of them would have a barber cut their arms and drain their blood until they went pale. Yeah, now you're looking good. I can't move, and I can only sit in this chair because I don't have any blood in me. But, boy, don't I look pale. Yeah, you do. You look hot being all play, okay? I mean, we had, the, the of course, the chamber pots. I mean, they, people would, the chamber pots, you know, where people would, uh, you know, uh, go to the bathroom, uh, relieve themselves at night, and then dump it out the window on the streets. Yeah, good times. Good times. Now, that's where the phrase, of course, you don't have a pot. A toothpaste. You don't have that. Got it. And then the barber pole. Did you know this? I don't want to go back to these days. Okay. Did you know this? Aside from providing grooming services, barbers also performed minor surgeries and dentistry. So to advertise these additional medical services, barbers would wrap bloody white gauze rags around a pole outside their shops. Ah, that's where the red and white spiral pole comes from now. Yeah, I don't want to go back to those days. Oh, look, there's dripping red blood. We can stop there. No, that's okay. Now, how about this? This is great, too. I This is one of my favorites, actually. Uh, it was considered beautiful for women to have no eyebrows during the reign of Charles I. 
so many women shaved their eyebrows off and used oils and compounds so that their hair wouldn't grow. Now, when the bald eyebrow lost popularity and people were saying, that's gross, you need to have eyebrows. Eyebrows are hot. Well, women who could no longer grow eyebrows had artificial eyebrows fashioned out of mouse hides. Yeah. Now you're talking. You want to talk about somebody looking hot with some mouse hide eyebrows and weasel testicles hanging around their neck. Now you're talking about birth control right there. There is no question about birth control right there. Oh, and there's so much more that happened. I don't want to go back to the Middle Ages. No, thank you. No, thank you. Burn coal. Drill for oil, please. I like my air conditioning. Okay. I like my sewage system. Okay. I like it. I like it all. I like air. I like to be able to eat in my home with fire from a from a line, from a gas line. I don't want to have to build a fire. I don't want to go back. And I most definitely don't want to pretend. Jeff, how come you don't have any kids? Oh, it's just weasel testicles hanging around my neck. Oh. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you for coming along for the ride today. I appreciate it. So, I spent this past week with my daughter, and we went uh, one of the one of the evenings. We went out to see uh, BFG, the new Disney movie, to BFG. And uh, first of all, I had a great week. Uh, my wife and my youngest son were gone out camping somewhere in the woods for a week, and. Uh, I suppose I'm sh- going to have to shave now. I haven't shaved in over a week. You know, one of the things is it's been a long time since I've grown a beard. And I'm at the point now where it's past. It's past. I should just let it go. But uh, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. There's another person in my house that will be in the home again uh, sometime this weekend that frowns upon the beards. But anyway, uh, we went to see BFG, right? Okay, so what's the first thing? Now, look, that's a story in itself, right? I mean, okay, I got it. BFG, big, friendly giant. But that's not what uh, myself or a lot of people thought before seeing the movie, right? You see BFG, you know what you're thinking of, right? Now, I mean, you're not thinking about big, friendly giant. But anyway, that's, you know, whatever. It was okay. It was all right. It was enjoyable. You know, it was, it was okay. My daughter loved it. So, I mean, it was fine. She's nine. Big friendly giant. You know, she's the one that wants to tromp off with the giants in the movie and the dreams. I got it. I love it. We had a good time. However, however, their movie industry and movie theater industry, enough is enough. Okay. Enough is enough. Because last week, I took uh, 
the kids. What movie did we go see? Oh, we finally got to went to see uh, uh, Nemo, the Finding Dingleberry, Finding Dory. Okay, because we didn't. We, we were gone. We were out of town. We had this and this, this, this. And finally, said, "Let's go. Let's wrap it up. Let's see it." So I took them to the movie theater, and we went to the place that uh, you know you you sit. You got the relaxing tilt back chairs. They bring you food. It's nice. Okay, it's, it's, it's nice. It's comfortable. It's nice. I went to see BFG at the regular theater. <laughs> the regular theater. Just the comforter tilt back chairs with no footrest. <laughs> Could barely sit through it. But anyway, it's nice. It's comfortable. The seats are comfortable. They're big. They're comfortable. It's not bad. Okay. It's time now for the Hollywood and the cable companies to start letting me Watch these new movies in my home. Okay. I got the movie theaters. <laughs> People won't come to us anymore. Yeah. yeah. They might not stop coming anyway. They're movie theaters. Okay. So I go see BFG with my daughter. All right. Two people. I buy the tickets online. I said, hey, let's go see BFG tonight. Yeah. Okay. So I buy them online. And they're, they're like uh, six bucks a piece. And you've got the cheap tickets, $6 a piece. It's middle of the week, and it's you buying them online. It's only $6. They were like 5 bucks or something because you had to pay tax on them. So it was like 12 bucks for the tickets. That's great. Okay, no problem. However, you don't take a 9-year-old to the movie theater and just say, we're going in, sit down and watch the movie and get out. Bring your bottle of water. That doesn't happen. Okay? No, you can't because they've got popcorn cooking and however the world is is beautiful and it's a wonderful thing. So you go easy. You get dinner at home before you go. You figure, okay, we're going to cut back a little bit. Two people, 24 bucks. 24 bucks plus the 12 bucks. You got a great deal on those tickets, though, didn't you? So I go see, you know, it's 36 bucks, right? I mean, for somebody like you that's got a lot of money, okay. You know, I know you're not worried about it, but, you know. But the week before, I go see Finding Dingleberry at Dory, and we go to the theater where they bring you food. And they, of course, you got to eat. You can't go. You, I mean, that's stupid. What are you, stupid? You go into a movie theater where you can sit in a tilt back and they deliver food, and you're not going to make them deliver food? I mean, that's just dumb. So you do. Now, one of the things that this theater does uh, <laughs> I know it's weird, but they charge for it. I mean, they, you can sit in the tilt back, and you can have them deliver the food and everything right to your, you know, right, right to where you're sitting, and you've you've reserved the seats because you bought the seats online, and you've reserved them, and you go in, and you sit down, and you've got the seats that you wanted, and, and then they you order the food you want, and they bring it to you, but they charge you for that. And right, so you're not getting out of that place for under a hundred bucks. Good luck. Tickets and food, three people, <laughs> good luck. Good luck getting out of that place for 100 bucks. So look, movie industry, cable companies, streaming companies, somebody make a deal. Please, somebody make a deal. Let's say after the first, okay, just to make the movie theaters happy, and I barely want to do that, barely. I know we've talked a little bit about this before, but I, I can't take it. I've had just about enough. 
Okay. Let's we'll give you a week. I give you an opening weekend and opening week. Okay. If you want to see the movie, and the only place to see it is at the movie theater, you can go there and see it, and pay your hundred bucks or pay your fifty bucks, whatever it is, for tickets and food, and go in and see the movie and be happy and be sitting in a crowded theater because it's opening weekend and you know there's it's good to go. However, after that, allow me the opportunity to purchase a viewing of that brand new movie through my cable provider uh, for a price. Let's say I click on that channel. Yes, I would love to see BFG opening weekend for $40 and I want to watch it on tonight and I want to be able to watch it within the next five hours and I want to be able to pause it. I don't have to fast forward. I don't have to, I want to be able to rewind it, but I don't have to fast forward, but I get to watch it in the next five hours and then it goes away for 40 bucks. How about that? You good with that? I might even raise it to 50 bucks. If I wanted to see a movie bad enough, a new release bad enough, in my home, 50 bucks is not bad. But I'm, you know, still starting to stretch it. So I'm saying for every day America, we do 35 or 40 bucks. Right? You're spending at least that at the theater. And the Hollywood gets their money, cable gets their money, and the movie theaters still get their cut at the opening weekend, and they're still there at the theaters. You can still go see them on the big screen if you want. And I got news for you, big screen. While I like it and I love it, the big screen I have in my home ain't that bad either. Okay? It's not the movie theater screen. And I know some people who have movie theater screens. It's very depressing. But I don't. All right? But it ain't that bad. All right. I don't mind my TV. So it's time. Make it happen, Hollywood. I know you're working on it. And I know you're having a fit for all the movie theaters. Just make it happen. Okay. I'm back to having cable boxes in my home. I told you that they... They, my family is okay. The cable company charged the house, broke down the door, and installed the cable boxes again. Fortunately, my wife and children are okay. I don't know if I'm going to press charges against the cable company or not. I, may, I probably not because no one was hurt. But so I have, you know, I'm back to have a, have a cable box in my home along with all the streaming devices. So just make it happen so I can watch the new movies. No, I don't want to wait. Six months. No, I don't want to wait eight months. I want it within the first two weeks of that movie being released. I want to be able to watch it in my home for a price. Thank you. Make that happen. Thank you. So yesterday, a winning ticket for the Mega Millions. Five hundred and forty million dollars was the jackpot one ticket in indiana congratulations the winner in indiana congratulations 
You won. So happy for you. Ugh. So, I mean, that's that's a lot of money. <laughs> that's, that's a good piece of cash right there. All right, I'm not sure what the cash payout would be. Probably, you know, two fifty, three hundred million. It's not bad. So I'm looking at this. I'm thinking, man, that's not, not bad. I could do that. And then I'm looking at all these people who have won the lottery and are now broke. They've blown it all. It's just gone. I mean, this couple, this couple, the first couple that they talk about, won, you know, a little over two million, you know, almost three million. I mean, you can't really, you can't really live on that. I know, but you know, if you won uh, almost three million, I mean, okay, so it bumps you into a different tax bracket. But they bought, you know, a big million-dollar house, and they bought a fancy car. And then, you know, six years later, the hubby drives away in the car because she thinks he's cheating, and the marriage is over, and everything is gone. And then they have a then they have a fire comes and burns their house down, which they probably don't have. I don't know about the insurance, but then now everything is gone. Their life is wrecked because they won two million dollars. Two million bucks? Your life is wrecked? I got news for you. Your life was wrecked before then. Okay, two million bucks doesn't ruin somebody's life. All right. Now you had this guy win sixteen million in Pennsylvania. All right. Within a year, he's in debt by a million. Come on now. That's just we're just letting stupid people win. He claims I wish it never would have happened. A former girlfriend successfully sued him for a share of his winnings. His brother arrested for hiring a hitman to kill him because he wanted to inherit some of the winnings. He gave money to other family members and their businesses. And I mean, now he's he's living on uh, food stamps. He's, he's living nothing, living on nothing, living on food stamps. And he's you know now he says I'm better off now. No, you're not. I mean, may, you know what? Maybe he is. Maybe he is better off. I know I'm not. Okay. Now, this couple claims they didn't even win, and they claim their life fell apart. This is, my, this is god-awful. This is just, we're just, we're just, just stupid. This is what's wrong with America. Okay, so this couple had a winning ticket for $5 million. Okay? Now, they claim they lost the ticket. They lost the ticket. We have the ticket. They went back. They proved everything they had. They had the ticket. And the lottery officials said, Yep, you're right. You had the winning ticket. Wish we could help you. 30-day time limit. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So now they say, I mean, they, they're they all mad because it, it says it, their marriage is on the rocks. And because they they thought they won but lost the ticket. And now their marriage is on the rocks. I, I got news for you. Marriage is on the rocks anyway. Okay. Now, if my wife, now I better use this example. I better, I'll use this example. If I lost a lottery ticket that was a winning ticket for anything, let alone millions, and I couldn't find it, 
There's not a chance in hell I'm telling anybody. This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. the jeff fisher show it is wow today has gone by super fast uh, chris salcedo mike slater joe pags all sitting at their helm waiting to take over here at the blaze radio network salcedo up next right after this broadcast now before i leave i tweeted that i would talk about a new coffee shop uh, and it's in switzerland and it's got to be coming to america soon right i mean it has to uh, and I know many of you are wondering, well, Jeff, it's a coffee shop. There's coffee shops on every corner in America. Ah, but not Cafe Fellatio. Uh, this coffee shop, you walk in, you order your coffee. It's going to cost you about 60 bucks. Then using your iPad, you can select whatever human, and eh, they call them prostitutes. I, I would call them, you know, coffee servers to perform that oral sex. Take the seat at the coffee bar. And everything is taken care of. Got to be coming to America, right? Come on. The the Cafe Felicio? You going to go there? I'm c- complaining about how much movie theaters are costing. But hey, 60 bucks for a cup of coffee at Cafe Felicio? Ah, I'll pay that. No problem. <laughs> Have a good week. Anybody tell you you look good today? They haven't? Well, doggone it, they should. Because you do. You look great. Especially what you're wearing there. Because you're not really going to wear that all day, are you? (laughs) Okay. Whatever. Let's get on you. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.